PC, a lot of people don't understand in real estate, whether you're buying a new development or a resale property, a couple of words can change the meaning of the contract or the way things are worded can change the meaning of the contract. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is KT Confidential, episode 177. I'm Adrian, my good friend and partner, Ariel. Hi. How are you today? And I'm good. How are you? I'm excellent. Good. We're all uh, in so black. What's that? We are in black. All in black. Yeah. Yes. This is actually the shirt I'm wearing in my email signature. So... In case you're wondering if you've seen me in this before, if I look familiar, perhaps I've emailed you before. <laughs> Great to know. So in today's episode, uh, we are talking about a recent incident that's all over the news about uh, a particular developer in Burlington uh, or development in Burlington that recently told the purchasers of the condominiums, I think it was like five years Later, Sorry, is your mic is your mic actually connected or yeah i tested it hang on yeah. let me just double okay. check before i continue on um anyway so the as i do that the developer uh addy developments adi i don't know how you say it addy but they they sold this development i think it was about five years ago uh, when they began selling and i assume as with most developments they sold pretty quick and then water waterfront it looks condos really nice in, waterfront condos in burlington beautiful beautiful yeah, i remember look, when they released nice. it i was i was considering one for myself yeah i uh it comes as no surprise and uh here we are now uh nearing completion i imagine no 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 well they are i mean they must they must be somewhat through the, the the news articles are very vague in terms of information so i don't know where they're at in the process so i won't even comment on that but the the story goes there are multiple purchasers who are now being told that they cannot close unless they pay a much higher price uh, the articles i've read have attributed that increase to increased construction costs but they are substantial amounts as an example I had one open here. Let's see if I just have it uh, handy. <clears throat> CHCH News. There's a gentleman that purchased in 2015, seven years ago. Wow. He gave a deposit of $126,000 seven years ago. He paid $508,000 for the property then, and he's now being told it's going to cost him an extra $300,000. What? That's un pretty unbelievable. So we actually discussed this development with a friend of ours who is a real estate lawyer. She's become a yes. friend. She's a real estate lawyer that we've been using for years and yes. trust her quite a bit. And it's not the first time she's seen that no it's not um she wasn't yeah so the big thing especially with condos freehold condos are the only type of real estate um where you have a cooling off period 
10-day cooling off period for any new condo development in the province of Ontario. So generally speaking, buyers of these types of properties are having contracts reviewed by lawyers prior to firming up at the end of that 10-day period. And I imagine somewhere in that contract, it was very vague permitting such increases. Otherwise, they wouldn't be trying to pursue that option. But I suppose, because in the email, it says there was something like 14 people had made complaints. Uh, There's clearly more than 14 condos in the building. So I imagine uh, maybe some people did catch the clause and made a change to it. And these ones that are complaining did not. I'm just reading one of the other articles, but one thing that I think happened is a lot of the purchasers did not have a lawyer review the contract, maybe because of cost. I'm not sure why you would do that. Or perhaps not the right lawyer reviewing it. So you have maybe the developer just refused to allow that change. And then at that that point, that is a possibility because you can have your lawyer review it and the lawyer says, okay, here are the changes I recommend. Right. And then you take that contract to the developer and you say, okay, um, I'll firm up on this deal but here are the changes I want to see. And if they say no, you either move forward or you back out. So, you know, uh, I think the, um, the name of the complex was called Notique fitting for a waterfront condo. Um, So if you want a waterfront condo in Burlington, which is, prime, prime real estate. Like there's not much to be developed waterfront wise in, in Halton region anymore. Um, in many cases, and I the, imagine. Pri- the price, yeah. I, I believe, I think they launched about seven, seven years ago and they were selling for a couple of years. Uh, but I think the initial launch started at around 350 K and at that time, that was probably on par for a small one-bedroom condo. But you look at prices of one-bedroom condos now, and that would have been a great investment. So people recognized that, and uh, they took the risk. And in that risk, creatively, see, a lot of people don't understand in real estate, whether you're buying a new development or a resale property, a couple of words can change the meaning of the contract or the way things are worded can change the meaning of the contract. So yeah, as an example, for years and years and years, when you were buying a new construction property, one of the things that lawyers would always say is make sure your levies are capped and cap them at X amount of dollars. Well, now what's happening, and our lawyer confirmed this, 
is that you can have different segments within that contract. So you'll have one segment that says it's capped, but then other segments within it that are not. Right. And it's intentionally done in such a way where the first one is probably capped and then the subsequent ones are hopefully overlooked, right? It's yes. As soon as, as soon as the purchaser, potentially a lawyer sees levies capped, if you're not paying attention, it's really unethical. They should almost have a separate schedule that itemizes all of the potential risks or potential increases that could occur. So if somebody knows, truly knows what they're getting into. It's extremely risky. So, so now if you purchased a, I'm just going to keep it simple, one bedroom condo for 350K in this building, and you put a $100,000 into it as a down payment, which is probably about right, you're going to get a 6%, they're offering a 6% return of interest on your money. So not that bad. I'd have to do the calculation, but that'll work out to about 37,000 or something like that. Assuming, well, it probably isn't compound interest. So you'll get I was six, say that it's very unlikely. Yeah. You'll get 6%. So six grand a year for five years. So they'll give you 30 grand on top of the hundred, which they probably made. Would they? I mean, they didn't say six, they didn't even say 6% annually. They just said 6% oh, that's interest. True. So that's true. Maybe they're own, literally only giving, I mean, that even, would probably be hard that you could probably fight that because they've been making interest off of it too. Yeah, well, annually, that's what I was about I would to imagine. say. They'll probably, they're probably making 10% annually in compound interest on private lending or something. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, or for their own other developments. Now there are several, some of these articles like the star has published stuff, uh, CBC, CHCH, uh, lots of articles and news floating around about this. And there are several buyers that are known that will be seeking legal repercussions. Um, So they're going to sue. So I'm curious to see what happens. But it's, you know, this is a good lesson. And I hope people that are considering purchasing new construction when things are going good and everything goes smoothly, yeah, you generally won't have a problem. But in a case like this, where the developer sees, okay, our construction costs have doubled in this time, the property assuming, values... Assuming that's what it is. I mean, well, I, we, know, we know they have gone up unquestionably. Sure, in seven but years, it, it's, it's significantly higher. Yeah. But also the cost that they're asking somebody to pay is profoundly higher than what one would expect, I think. Well, if you want the honest truth, I think what's happened, and chime in if you think any differently, but the developer says, okay, we haven't uh, closed on anything. We don't have occupancy on anything. The project's not completed yet. We're running low on funds because we're way above budget. And it's been delayed because of COVID. 
And in that period of time, in the last seven years, that $350,000 one-bedroom condo can now be sold for, I don't know, $600,000. Yeah. You multiply that out by however many units are in the... There's millions of dollars to be made. Millions. Like, stupid amount of money. Just do quick math. Like, it's, it's a lot. So... You know, imagine being a buyer. And well, you put take your, this your... one article as an example. This particular person is a retire is a retiring firefighter, bought it seven years ago. That's his retirement. Yeah. Was like, banking on it. He's absolutely. Does it say whether or not he was moving in or it was no, an investment? It was, no, it was vague. And I'm sure he wouldn't specify either. But I mean, either Regardless. way, I mean, it's his retirement one way or another, whether he's selling another property and moving in there indefinitely, or he's, it's his retirement from the perspective of he was banking on it, being able to fund his retirement. Sure. And can you either imagine way. like we're, we're big advocates of buying and selling in the same market. So you don't have to deal with fluctuations. Yes. Um, so what I mean by that is if you purchase a home today, you're doing it likely on the basis that the existing home that you own is worth X amount of dollars. And if that X amount should decrease, then that leaves you extremely vulnerable for uh, funding your new property. The opposite can happen. The X amount of dollars can increase, but it's it's a gamble. It's a risk, right? And we're seeing that this year with properties um, fluctuating in value. So can you imagine if somebody like this retired gentleman purchases, let's say he bought a nice two-bedroom, two-bath condo facing the water, and that's his dream to move into it, and he signed on the dotted line for whatever, $700,000. And he says, okay, well, my home now is worth $700,000. I'm going to sell it. I'm going to rent. I'm guaranteed that money. And then when that condo closes, I've got the money there ready to go. Yeah. So now the guy's renting. His home that he had probably doubled in value in those seven years. So he's missing out on an extra 700K. And now the developer is telling him to cough up an extra 250K, which he doesn't have. And he just blew another hundred in rent over that period of time. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm very confident that there are a few buyers in that building. Yes. That, that has happened to. For sure there has been. Well, we've helped people sell well in advance of their closing because they saw the market was trending positively and they wanted to cash in and reduce their risk. Um, so yeah, you can't imagine the situation that puts some people in. I've never been a, a huge advocate of new construction period condos or resource or freehold. Um, historically it's been lucrative. There have been blips in time when it has not, but the premise of it is you are, you are gambling from the perspective of, like you said, you're, you're forecasting that at closing time, the market will be in a better place um, than it is now. 
And I'm talking about people buying on speculation, not for primary residences. Yeah, if you're um, buying it for your primary residence and you're planning on living there five to 10 years, you know, real estate over time certainly will appreciate. So you ride it out, you enjoy the home and it yeah. doesn't really matter. Unless you are, but even then you are speculating if you own an existing home and you're banking on selling that in order to purchase the other one, Correct. there is a higher degree of risk because like you said, you're, you're not transacting uh, in the same market um, and anything could happen versus buying a resale property, closing immediately. You still you still realize if, if the condo would have appreciated over those years, you still realize the appreciation in the resale home. Plus if you're doing it as an investment, you're also collecting rent during that time. So you're probably paying down eight to $15,000 of mortgage every year, you know, for an principal. average house. Yeah. yeah principal. Uh, you have the tax incentives to uh, utilize over that time as well. And you're still realizing the appreciation. So and you have peace of mind that you're buying in, the, in a market that you know what the conditions are like. Um, just want to thank everybody for listening or watching today. Your episode 177 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. If you have experienced anything like this or have heard of experiences uh, regarding uh, new construction, new developments, uh, contract issues, anything like that. We'd love to hear your comments. We will discuss it on a future episode, um, but certainly want to hear your feedback, your comments, if you or if you know somebody that's experienced that. And uh, of course, drop us a, a like and a subscribe wherever you're watching or listening. It, that wasn't the outro, it, but it can I be. I thought that was the outro. I thought you were being like, <laughs> I'm cutting you off. I mean, there's not a whole lot more to say. I mean, it's, you know, an important topic to discuss. There's been lots of news about it, so I'm sure people have heard about it. But if not, it is a serious thing to consider if investing into real estate, because although historically the market has been great, can there you imagine are moments I, I, in time where it's not? Can you imagine if in the contract, it allowed for assignments and some of those contracts were actually assigned to other buyers. I wonder what legal implications will trickle down from that. If any of that did happen. Well, hopefully they worded the new contracts in such a way that relieves the original buyer of all responsibility, but if it not, and the wording was slightly different then they're in trouble. So, so here you have an original buyer that in the original agreement, it says, oh, you can assign this contract at a cost of $2,500 plus admin and lawyer fees. So for 5,000 bucks, we'll let you assign it to somebody else. So a couple of years goes by, the development is sold out and buyer A says, hey, I paid 350 for that one bedroom condo. Um, they're selling on the resale market for 550. If I can get 500 and pocket 150 grand just by assigning my contract, that's a good deal to me two years later. So buyer A sells it to buyer B. Buyer B pays buyer A the deposit back yeah. plus any gains pays them that deposit back plus the $150,000 $150, now uh, in appreciation. 
And now the builder is saying, now you owe us 250K more to close on it. So who's responsible for that 250K? Yeah, I mean, it all comes down to the wording of the two contracts. And, and I, I'm, if sure, B, I'm sure the new buyer is fighting it. If buyer B does want to fulfill that transaction, instead of paying 500000 is now paying seven fifty for a condo that might be worth only six fifty. Well, and the, the resale, the assignment doesn't qualify for the cooling off period. So hopefully they Correct. included conditions in their offer that permitted them to get the offer reviewed uh, prior to firming up. That's right. I don't like assignment sales. They get messy. They get but messy. They're much more commonplace now than they used to be. They are just because of supply and demand. Right. Right. What if they eliminated the if they if they didn't permit it, if that would what sort of impact that would have? Would that discourage people from buying on spec and planning to flip? Would it help the market by eliminating some of the investor? Well, I think there is also a lot of foreign investors in those new developments. And uh, I didn't read the details, but yesterday, so this will now be five days old when when everybody's listening or watching it, but uh, they announced um, the foreign buyer tax will be increased from 15 to 20% and right across Ontario. And so province-wide, if you're a foreign buyer buying uh, property in Ontario, there will be a 20% tax, foreign buyer tax uh, yeah. that's applied. So I do see, you know, a lot of foreign buyers that buy on spec. Yes. I mean, if you look, I mean, I haven't checked in the last year or so, but the last time I checked, which was, I mean, imagine it was sometime last year, actually the foreign buyers accounted for something like 5% of the GTA sales, which is not much versus 20% of the sales um, being local investors or investors period. I don't know if that yeah. includes the foreign buyers, but, yeah, but there's, but there's no question that investors those, are taking up a big chunk of the inventory. What those stats don't tell you is that, and I won't, you know, dig into this too much. But on contract, on paper, the investor is local, but the money is not. Well, who knows? Who knows where it's coming <laughs> from? Oh, I've heard many a stories. Well, so, I mean, I'm still, I'm sure it's still a small amount because we see it all the time. The vast majority of investors we're working with are just leveraging the equity in their home. And there's a lot of that going on. Uh, and that was a proposal that was set out to potentially come into place where, I don't know if they were going to eliminate the ability to use your equity in your home as a down payment or a portion of it, or it has to be, you know, percentage, actual cash, percentage equity. I don't know how they were planning to do it, but that would have a pretty big impact on most people's ability to buy. So for those of you that are, investors or you're thinking about investing here is a lesson Re a resale property purchased seven years ago would have had the principal of the mortgage let's just say a five hundred thousand dollar property at that time would have had a mortgage 
uh, principal paid down of, I'm going to say 15% or so, so $75,000. So your mortgage went from 500K to 425K and that $700,000 property is now worth 1.4, probably, give or take. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now you've got a million dollars in profit. Okay, less expenses and capital gain taxes and blah, blah, blah. But you've got somewhere around $600,000 in pure profit on your initial $150,000 investment on a resale property. Should you have purchased resale? Got a tenant in there, paid down the mortgage for those seven years, and now sold it. Well, and you and you didn't run the risk of your condo not closing. Correct. Right. And, so, and can you imagine now those people that bought condos back then with interest rates going up, like they're going to go up again, uh, April. I think it's April thirteenth, and they're talking about a half a percent increase this time. Interesting so, to hear that. Yep. So, you know, now all of a sudden the retired firefighter, if he had to take a a mortgage on it and was working off of a fixed budget every month. Or maybe he he didn't need to take a mortgage out on it based on the original price. And now he does. (laughs) Yes. Now I got a mortgage that extra 250K at five or six. I would say that's a likely possibility. Yep. So. Now well, he's got to move to Timmins. Uh, love to hear your comments. Again, episode 177. We'll wrap this up by thanking you for watching, thanking you for listening. You can listen wherever you listen your, to your podcast. You can watch by going to ktconfidential.ca. And uh, we'll see you next week.